I'm speaking to Ebert van Dijk. No, he's not family. I wish I had family who can do magic with music like this guy can work a violin. Um, he has joined Conrad Pinar. They're called String Symmetry, and they've released an album, Cantabile, which is why I have to speak to this man to find out who he is. I mean, Ebert, hello. How are you doing? Hi, Janine. I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing so fine and fabulous. Thank you very much. All we know about you so far, <laughs> or the general public that I'm speaking to at the moment knows about you so far, is that you are a maestro when it comes to a violin. But we've got to introduce you as a person first. The guy who doesn't wear the suit, you know, at home, barefoot, <laughs> if it's just yourself. Who are you there? You know... uh, I would have to admit that um, what you're looking at is probably somebody who's a fairly complex character who struggled at school because I, as most violinists temperament, are very sensitive to sound and are easily distracted. Hmm. So that, that was not ideal for the A-type personality they were looking for at school, at, at primary school level anyway. So, um, yes, uh, I grew up in a, in a artist's home. My father is a South African author. My mother is a language uh, specialist, Afrikaans language specialist, and she wrote uh, dictionaries and things like that. Um, so strong on languages, strong on music, uh, massive, uh, upbringing on Bach and Beethoven and all of that. We were listening to that on Sundays. <laughs> Uh, we were put on the couch and told, okay, this is what you do. You listen to Bach and Beethoven and you grow up and be a civilized and uh, sophisticated human being. So uh, I, I would hope that I'm a little bit sophisticated. <laughs> Hopefully my dad uh, succeeded. But first of all, uh, became a follower of Jesus. And uh, that obviously changed everything. Okay, before we jump into the Jesus bit, because I love hearing the testimony part of you, of who you are. It's just, it's a beautiful story. Um, but let's get into the culture bit first, because the perception when you're involved with classical music, and I mean, your wife is a musician as well, and she's fascinated with, with space and that kind of thing. You guys must have <laughs> such interesting conversations. Are you guys who like to d tear things apart and uh, find out how they work, have discussions about philosophy? You know, that, that's this perception I have of you cultured lot. <laughs> would, would that be you or do you actually really want to relax when you're at home and just go shallow? <laughs> you know, the thing is, uh, with my office really being at home, it's it's quite a juggle to relax uh, on the one hand and and also to to uh, work on the other it's a fine balance um uh but you know basically our our conversations used to be all around we we watched star trek together of ah. course <laughs> yes that that was quite a quite a big thing uh you know, uh, because Laura loves space, and and uh, in those days, you may remember we used to buy box sets of you know yeah. the next generation, yes. and you know Picard and the whole thing, um, because uh, it, it it just uh, awakened wonder in us. Uh, you know, uh, we we know a lot of that is also unrealistic, but uh, 
those little iPads that they used <laughs> even in the <laughs> in the first episodes way back when with William Shatner and um, Leonard Nimoy. Um, they are a reality now. I play most of my music off an iPad. So, yeah. you know, as that was pretty prophetic as it were. But uh, we don't really um, have the big philosophical uh, discussions. You know, we, we look uh, more at the human interaction in the music industry and the individual's struggle for understanding your place in music because it's a subject which is not really dealt with, whether spiritually or psychologically. It is a place to find yourself because there is not other than in the Old Testament where we see uh, very specific uh, references to temple worship and the tabernacle of David, particularly, um, there's not much teaching with that. And with a, a musician's personality is something really, because it's complex, it's, it's quite a thing. So we often find ourselves really tearing that apart and working on finding ourselves in the industry and, and the meaning of what we're doing, because it's a very abstract thing, and especially instrumental music. It's a different thing if you're a worship leader and you're singing the words of the Bible. Mm. But once you're a Christian musician, but you're playing uh, notes that are meaningful to you and you express love and, and worship through that, it can be misconstrued very, very easily and just seen as sort of entertainment, which is, you know, neither here nor there. So it's quite a, a challenge, I have to say, but uh, that, that's mostly our discussions. The, the, the world out there, and the, <laughs> the uh, fancy space stuff, we are awed by it, but, you know, it, that's not really big discussions here. We just look at the videos and read the news and find it amazing. The thing about making music in more in the classical genre, I get the perception that a lot of your identity and your status is measured by like where you sit in the orchestra or your honored quality excellence, that kind of thing that is revered, even perfection revered. It takes hours and hours and hours of practice just to stay up to standard, to, to keep your place in that orchestra or in any kind of production and to have more opportunities to go forward. Is it sometimes a challenge to not lose yourself in the identity of a music maker versus the identity of Jesus puts me in this orchestra and if he wants me in this orchestra or wants me to do this solo, then he'll be putting me there. That thing versus my strength and his strength. You know, it's a, that is a, a conundrum because we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Mm. So I think the one thing that is non-negotiable is the quality of your work. Yes. Um, and that is where the Christian can easily fall into the grace mentality. If you misunderstand the grace mentality, you can easily fall into, oh, I don't have to do much. You know, the Lord will will put me there and he will keep me there. Where in actual fact, you have to be as good as you can possibly be always committed and making the sacrifice that is necessary for you to be on that standard where you are the first call of a studio, 
or the first call of an orchestra or whatever, because they want you in that first chair or they want you there because of the quality that you bring. Um, that in itself is a testimony, your quality, your professionalism. Mm. And uh, then the opportunities come to lead an orchestra or to lead a group of string players, in my case, and be part of productions that glorify God and then play in church and be respected as a, even though you're a classical musician used as a vessel of worship. But the quality of work needs to be up there with the best of them. And there's no shortcut. There's not, it's not just a thing of having a positive attitude and walking in there and believing in yourself. You start believing in yourself when you are good enough and you know that you can actually do the job. Mm. And it's quite a thing that, and I don't know if, if that is sort of culturally still really accepted, but if you want to be at the top, you simply have to do the work. And uh, there's, there's no two ways about it. And even when you call it the top, <laughs> it's relative. And fickle. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, it's fickle. I, I said to, to people, you know, all of us have different skills and levels of talent. I equated it to a cappuccino. Make sure that you're good enough so that in your little cup, in other words, that little area where you are and with your amount of talent, that in your cup of cappuccino, you're so good that you are at least in the first sip that goes down. You've <laughs> got to be the cream on top. They want you first. You know, yes, they want you first. That, that's all you can do. You can't create more talent, but you can work so hard that you can at least be at the top of that talent. And uh, you have to be humble to accept that you have, you're not going to have, I'm not, I don't have the talent of a Joshua Bell or one of the greats and, and the virtuosos of our world. But I'm good enough to be at the top of my game so that I can offer God the best that I possibly can. And I don't think we should expect any more of ourselves, but we should also not expect any less of ourselves as artists and as people. I'm talking about the heart condition of this. Because in radio, for instance, you've got so many people who are really talented and want to do their job, you know, who really put in the effort, they've done the studies, everything. But it's as if yeah. that opportunity is a seasonal thing. That door is either open or it's closed. Um, and so many yeah. times it doesn't necessarily only depend on the quality of the product that you bring. It depends on whether God has given you that season at this stage. And tomorrow he gives someone else that opportunity. And if you had based your identity and your self-worth on the fact that you had that first chair, you know, the, the fact that you were chosen for yeah. all of those productions, if that had been your identity and your pride and what, what you based your self-worth on, you're in trouble if God is now moving someone else there. I remember I had an interview with Caroline Busman. It was that comrades where she got the cramps. And then Sharnae yes. um, passed her and I had an interview with her afterwards and it was heartbreaking because she was going for the record and everything, but just the cramps just stopped her in her tracks. She just lost, so she came second. And then you think, think to yourself, and I asked her, was it terrible for her, this thing that she didn't win? Was it terrible that she didn't um, break the record that she had her heart set on? And her answer was, you know what? God had not chosen me for that day. He'd chosen Shanae for that day. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if I'd be that 
mature, not only mature, spiritually enlightened enough to uh, know and, God and is gracious. doing God's thing. He's gracious. But you can't have the luxury of that grace if your identity had been built on the fact that you were going to win and going to have the record, or in your case, you're going to lead the orchestra, or the, lead your section, and then someone else is chosen. That heart condition, um, of course we're going to do our best because we're doing it for God. So it has to be, the standard has to be the best of everything. The people have got to look up, God's got to get his glory. But yes. sometimes in getting to, in the exercise, in the hours that you put in, there's a little bit of identity then that feels that you deserve that position more than just the quality. Yes, that is such a dangerous place to be in. The moment you think you deserve something, you should actually, little alarm bells should really start ringing. And you should ask yourself, what am I basing this on? Because no matter how good you are, it remains grace. Every position you receive, every opportunity you get, it remains the grace of God that puts you there. You just have to be good enough so that if he picks you, that you are there and you deliver quality and bring glory to his name. Um, but I have to say that because music is such a part of your personality, getting rejected for something is mm. painful. Yes. You accept it. You have to have a servant's heart, like the heart of Jesus, that you are willing to cheer somebody else on who got the opportunity and love them and support them, even though your flesh would want to be jealous and nasty about it. <laughs> and uh, it's a choice you have to make uh, and, and constantly make. To get back to, uh, take it a bit further to COVID and the time when musicians had this massive crisis where the lockdowns were so stringent and so incredibly draconian that we could not move. You could not operate, you could not perform or anything like that. And then what hit me, was that literally my currency was taken away. The currency that you represent, that you are able to offer people, and they choose it, they take it, they use it, and you receive payment for it. And suddenly, when that is taken away, it is a massive shock. And whether you are completely spiritually mature or, or not, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna hurt because that is very much who you are, even though you're not basing your success entirely on your own skill or ability, that is a huge, huge thing and um, incredibly painful to go through. And that was a reality I had to face during COVID. And um, that's where this whole album was actually born from as well. I was getting to this album now, Cantabula. I see the, um, it's, it's well-known uh, creators of music. It's uh, Vivaldi and Paganini and all of those people are people that, that we've known for many, many decades. Um, but the, w who you are creating that music gives, gives you the spirit that you are conveying. It's, it's, it's different from someone else who doesn't love Jesus who, pr who plays the same piece, isn't it? It is completely different. Um, and you know, uh, both uh, Conrad and I are born again. And um, 
from the very beginning, because now in the middle of lockdown, uh, and I'm talking level five, level four, uh, when you were stuck at home and you could just go out and show your nose at the checkers in a, in a row, trying to buy <laughs> some groceries, <laughs> um, and then you had to rush home. Uh, you know, in that time, I contacted him and I said, hey, dude, let's do something together. You know, I have a studio at home. You have a studio. Let's, I will record something here and then you take the accompaniment, you add that and, and let's do something. And uh, from that, and it was actually very successful. We did a number of things that actually sounded really good. We just mixed it ourselves. We didn't send it to a professional studio. Uh, we just mixed it ourselves and uh, it sounded good. And we thought, hey, there's something here. And then as, as lockdowns eased and we could get together, we uh, decided to do a concert. Even during lockdown, we could only have half a, uh, a hall, and we went to a Nazareth house. Uh, that it's that convent um, up uh, the old Queen Wilhelmina uh, uh, Street. Uh, I can't remember the the other brand new name, uh, but anyway, <clears throat> up there, and uh, we we got about sixty people in. And we had such interest that we had to double the concerts. We had to make two concerts because uh, the people were hungry for music. And we started praying every time before a rehearsal or before the, before a concert. And, and uh, we started realizing that this music really touches people. People were f felt refreshed afterwards and they, they felt blessed by it. So we we thought we're going to record this. And again, prayerfully went into it. Uh, we got hold of Sean Manley, who's an excellent, uh, uh, not only a guitarist, but a, a sound engineer. He has his own studio. Uh, they just off Harshfontein. So we went in and we started recording this and uh, we prayed literally before every recording. And we trusted that the Lord would use this music in contrast to proving our own skill or just doing it for, you know, whatever financial reasons or whatever. We simply said, we're doing this because of the love. We love doing this. We love God. We want to glorify him and make a difference. And uh, basically that's where this came from. And uh, that's what makes this album something special, I believe, um, without wanting to, you know, blow our own trumpet or tickle our own guitar or, or whatever you want to call it, or, or caress your own violin. Um, it is uh, really, I, I sense a strong anointing and a peace on the album. And, and uh, to me, that is ultimately what will draw people to Christ, is, is a, a sense of closeness and love and intimacy. Ultimately, it's his love that draws us to repentance mm. and uh hopefully this album will do that for people you don't want to tickle your own violin huh you are such a musician oh my word <laughs> <laughs> yes no, I'm, I'm afraid you got me there <laughs> If people want to follow you, because obviously now they would want to get hold of the album or at least the songs on the various platforms, where do they go to? Um, our album is being released on Spotify and various other platforms um, on the 12th of October. It will be available. The CDs are available from me. Uh, if people follow me on Facebook or on Instagram, they can contact me like that if they want a physical CD. 
but I know we only printed a limited amount because we know nowadays most of the music is electronic um, and uh, or digital, shall I say. So people can get hold of it. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Um, String Symmetry also has a YouTube channel uh, where quite a few of these uh, uh, pieces that we've played and performed on the album are or visible and and uh, watchable on on our YouTube channel, so um, you know people can at least get a flavour of it. Okay, and are you guys open to performing? I'm sure that you are quite limited because you do lots of session work as well. But are you going to do you know performances in other places too? Yes, we want to do uh, some performances. We uh, I'm I'm considering a concert next year. The classical concerts are, are a bit tricky, though, because you can't do too many of them. It's not like a show, you know, you, you just uh, do somewhere because there's a lot to be done and we are on our own. So you, you create the whole platform. You have to have tickets done and whatever. So, But we are releasing our uh, the CD as such at uh, there's an Offrey duet, Fierce Happening. And we have a chance to perform one of our pieces there. And uh, th- so we'll be selling some CDs there as well. And uh, But uh, hopefully uh, my friend Conrad, he's actually finishing his BMUS right now. And he is in the midst of his last things that he's got to do. So he is just so busy. So from next year onwards, we'll be able to do more concerts. But people can contact us if they want. We can do... House concerts last year at the end uh, of the year, somebody contacted us to go to their home and do a Christmas concert. And we just went oh, in there. Wow. It's so easy with the two acoustic instruments. We we just pulled in there and we, we played some carols. I read some scriptures. We prayed a bit and, uh, you know, just had a wonderful time with music and afterwards had some finger eats and things like that. It was a fantastic uh, opportunity for friends to get together, listen to good music and so on. So that, that kind of thing we can also do because we don't require a huge sound system. It's not a, a heavy thing to, mm. to get the show on the road, you know. So In an and then basically, yes, yes. And we can just negotiate with the people a, a fee which makes it worth our while. And then we, you know, we go from there. So if the one thing they have to look for is that then uh, string symmetry is that if they have to Google you from nothing, is that what they're going to look for? Or ever <laughs> yes, they're going to. Well, well, look, they can go on YouTube and just type in uh, Evert van Eekerk or Conrad Pinar or uh, you know string symmetry, and uh, they'll find quite a bit of our music there. A lot of our collaborations, some of which will be the ones that we did during the height of lockdown. Uh, you know, we sit with our earphones on the heads and you can see that on the videos, you know, we we sit there in our little rooms playing separately. But, you know, at the, the hunger, my father always has uh, had this saying, he always said, you know, man lives by expression yeah. only. And, and I found that to be so true during lockdown, the the burning of the gift inside you that wants to share beauty. Yeah. is a very, very powerful thing. God activates that thing and it's without repentance. You've got to get it out there. You have to share it and you have to give of it. It's a service you have to provide. 
it's the message the world has to hear. Being a radio, we are the privileged Absolutely. ones who can play it. If people don't know you yet, they can hear them on, on a radio station. So here they are. This is String Symmetry from the album Cantabile. And this song, Meditation, and it sounds like this. <laughs> 